0: Bosco's
1: boys, come on, boys! Bosco's boys are back, and we're coming off a big win. But before we get into it, the show is brought to you by, of course, Blue Chew. Um, I mean, you guys know what it is at this point—chewable version of the uh, drugs. Same ingredients, FDA-approved, Viagra and Cialis. Chew, acts faster. No doctor visits, nothing awkward. Um, if you head over there to BlueChew.com, use the promo code Capital Armchair. Get your first month free. You only pay 5 bucks for shipping. Also brought to you by Manscaped, of course, our newest sponsor of the show <clears throat> and a sponsor of the Armchair Media Network. Uh, Manscaped.com is where you can get the Mora 2.0, which has proprietary skin-safe technology. You can't cut yourself. They also have body wash, uh, shampoo, ball deodorant, ball freshener, whatever you need to get you know your dick and balls nice and clean and beautiful. Um, so head to Manscaped.com. Use the same promo code, Armchair.com. For 20% off and free shipping, it's a great product. Check them out. Um, Scott, let's get into the game review. But first, before we talk about the game at all, I want you to tell the people about your experience and love it because you were there.
0: Yeah, I was there. Uh, just got back to Kansas City. It's been uh, just over 10 hours in the car today. Shout out to uh, one of my good friends, one of my best friends, Casey Dodge. Um, lives down liberal. So Friday morning, drove down there linked up with him. We got to uh Lubbock, you know, around nine o'clock at night. We went to place called uh JJ's Chop House, good steak, good beer. Um, you know, they have another good brewery, LBK Brewing. Uh went there, uh, had some really great stuff. The first thing that kind of uh hit me, Lubbock gets shit on a lot as a city and granted, um we only went to a few spots and um we were I was only there for you know Uh, Just over 24 hours, but it's like significantly better than Stillwater. It's significantly better than Waco, and it's not popular with, I'm sure, a lot of Big 12 folks, but I think it's better than Ames, Iowa as well. Um, I thought it was a great town. Um, Just not a lot of fanfare kind of surrounding the game, which surprised me. Um, Get to the game, um, not a packed house, probably, you know, 75% full, the latest arriving student section in the world. Literally had folks still coming in, like, right before halftime, and then they all promptly left. But then just a lot of angry fans had uh, some tortillas thrown at me, um, had a red foam football thrown at me, had some beer cans thrown at me, and I was pretty, like, calm. But their fans throw all sorts of stuff. All game long, tortillas, uh, beer cans, uh, those red foam balls, like, everywhere. I'm not even 100% sure they were, like – Coming at me, I was just in the first row of their upper level, so it just might have just been people throwing stuff. just happened to come at me, so um, just weird, just kind of a weird atmosphere. Only one jumbotron, um, the wor- single worst PA announcer in the world. Very first Skylar Thompson throw, they said it was Blake Lynch throwing the ball. <laughs> like it, yeah, that's it, what I heard. It was just stupid, and just just a really bad PA guy. They don't show any replays. Um, come, I heard they
1: said Blake Shelton for Blake Lynch too. Yeah. Is that true.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Just crazy. And then coming out of TV timeouts, like it, it didn't go right into action. Literally like you almost missed a snap cause they're like playing some advertisement on the TV and are like, Oh shit, you know, it's time for the game. <laughs> um, and then their band was meh. Uh, they do have a cool horse and a mass rider. So that's awesome. But yeah, that's just kind of my experience. Uh, great town uh, compared to some of the other Big Twelve towns, um, but in stadium experience, very uh, weird. Uh, so that, that, it's a
1: weird looking stadium too. Yeah, like, it, it, it's kind of like flat, and it's just like like it seems like it's really far away. Like yes, The, the stand seem very far away from the field. Yes, it
0: is very flat. Um, like like I said, we're on like that first row of the their second level, but. Um if it was a full student section with relatively tall people I would have had to stand up to see over them despite me being on the quote unquote second level like it truly is a very flat stadium fat, flat and outwards like if you went to the very top row you'd probably be just as far away from the stadium as you are anywhere else except for maybe Austin Texas
1: so, That's weird. Yeah. It's nice to hear that she had a good time and Lubbock sounds like a decent place. I think I mean there's no way. Yeah. Even without me going there there's no way in hell it's worse than go or Stillwater. So, um sounds like a good place to be. It's just far away.
0: Yep, far away, but it, it was worth the trip and uh I made good time and uh I'm I'm glad I get to uh hop on here at, uh after a little bit of confusion and be a part of this podcast and uh you know. <laughs> I was just this really is the, hungover.
1: over. This is honest. the only thing was like I left seven a.m. so all right, well, we can get into it a little bit before we talk about, you know, position by position. Let's just hit it, Hit a macro view of the game and, you know, where K-State is right now. That's our seventh win of the season. Um, I think that, you know, officially really surpasses most people ex- people's expectations. How pleased are we, you know, to be where we are right now? I'm I'm pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I'm personally over the moon. Um, like, I again, I had a... S- winning five games, and one of them was versus Iowa State. So if people go back and listen to that predictions episode, I have us sitting at, like, four and seven, like, at this point. So it surpassed my expectations. I, I think uh, what, what's crazy about it is it surpasses the expectations. There's a level of disappointment, and you also look at different spots on the field, and you just kind of shake your head like, man, they just never really kind of got it figured out. Um, right. Right. So it it really makes you think, well, what if this, what if that, and uh, really just grows my admiration for this coaching staff, seeing what they've been able to do with still a game-plus bowl game uh, on the table.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's easy to look at some losses and be frustrated, you know, namely Texas and West Virginia, but those things – they just kind of balance out beating OU going to Mississippi state games. I never thought we would compete in really. Um, it just kind of, they, they tend to balance out and I think seven and four is pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, I think and it's
0: fair too. Like if,
1: yeah, if, I think it's fair if you, when you look at that.
0: Yeah. If you took away all the scoring plays or if you just looked at stats or all that type of stuff, if you just looked at how this, how the games have played out on paper, uh, Maybe the seven wins may not be the exact seven it turned out to be, but I think it's a very fair record for how this season's gone.
1: I would agree. Um, so in, in this game yesterday, the Cats were outgained 512 to 372. Didn't really feel that way for me. Um how did it feel like to you? Do you feel like they were kind of moving the ball at will? I mean, no. when I think about it, no, it seemed like a couple of big plays, but for the most part, 512 yards. When I saw that, it honestly surprised me.
0: Yeah, if you look at it, they got like an extra possession because one of our touchdowns was on a uh, on a kickoff return, right. so you don't get any yardage there. Um, they of course had the big fourth fourth down fake punt. Um, they had the fourth down big play on kind of the broken coverage. Well, Coach comments said it wasn't broken coverage. It was just a misassignment. I, I don't know about that, Coach. Um, but they had a couple big plays on fourth down that uh, that kind of skew it. And then also, I think outside of early on when we were really on our goal line, I think, uh, and we'll talk about them later, I think Devin Inkle got back to his groove and he was really forcing them yeah. to move the ball. So um, 512 to 372, uh, it didn't feel like that. But again, if you look at the style of how these two teams play, it's not crazy. And I don't think it's really indicative of the defense or offense, uh, in my opinion.
1: <clears throat> you touched on it um, a little bit. Uh, we held Tech to 513, 5 of 13 on third down, but we allowed 2 of 3 on some crucial fourth downs, um, including a touchdown later in the game, which was. I mean, a huge play. How disappointed are you in those two plays? And it seems like, you know, this defense plays really well collectively. And then we kind of fall asleep on these big plays with big yardage to go.
0: Yeah. I think the one that went for a touchdown, very disappointed because the only time in my life or in the entire game, I was kind of getting a little cocky. You know, you're up 10, uh, it's a fourth down, kind of standing up. I'm, you know. Getting excited, and then I see him get open, and I just kind of I sat down, I slapped this little concrete wall that's in front of us, kind of hurt my hand, and I just started shaking my head, and I started getting super nervous at that point. And then the fake punt—I mean, Kevon McGee, I think, was the one covering it. I think, I mean, he was with them for 15 yards. I'm thinking myself, all right, this is going to be an interception. He's going to bat it down, but then he stopped. So I feel like he heard like a commotion, looked up thinking that maybe the punt went over the snapper's head or something, and then he just lobbed it up over him and he couldn't catch back up. So um, on that one, I'm not – it sucks. You don't want to uh, let that happen, but, you know, I'm not too upset about it. The blown coverage, that sucks. I'm a little disappointed. But um, all in all, especially with the way Tech plays, and they, in the defense came up big on those third downs, so very happy with that 5-13 of 13. And shit happens on those fourth downs, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not
1: gonna lose sleep over it. We continue to struggle in the red zone, oh. um unable to finish drives with touchdowns, and Blake Lynch, you know, missed a field goal before half, which was you know, did that hurt. Um that was especially on a time we started with excellent field position. Um is that just kind of a problem that we're going to have to deal with? Um, it seems like this team has been really struggling the last three, four games in the red zone.
0: Yeah, I think uh, scoring once you're into the red zone, scoring touchdowns, um, obviously at this point in the season, it's not it's not going to change. Um, there's You right. only have two games left, but I, I would hope that in the future, especially with the way this offense runs, I think it'll be key once they uh, recruit the offensive line that they want and the running backs that they want that I think – you'll see the uh, touchdown percentage go up um, because at the end of the day, we saw them, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, we saw the offensive line struggle a little bit in the power running game once again versus uh, three-man front that you just just can't do it. And when that's your bread and butter, obviously that's where you're going to be leaning uh, in the red zone. So when you can't do that, um, you're not going to score as many touchdowns as you should.
1: Yeah. Cats, nine penalties for 72 yards. Tech had eight for 92. Um, and time of possession, we won 32 minutes to 28 approximately. Um, so kind of a game, you know, winning the time of possession is huge for this team. Penalties, not great. But again, you know, you look at, you stack up against Texan, or against Tech, and those things really do kind of balance out.
0: Yeah, you had, I think, three or four, false start penalties, which is, you just can't do it. It wasn't that loud. Chris Kleiman in his post-game press conference tried to, like, say that their band kept playing, like, through. Their band did play long, but, again, uh, some of those were on the opposite end of the band. Um, I don't like that as, I don't think he was trying to make an excuse. I think he was just talking about how it's sometimes difficult to play on the road. But you can't have those false start penalties and then 15 yards of them were Josh Youngblood swagging in front of their band doing the uh you know the uh, Nick Cannon drumline celebration. <laughs> uh so I I don't know. I think that's stupid. I don't the have ones any...
1: that are the most frustrating to me are, you know, the senior offensive linemen yes, holding bad. and, you know, uh false starts in the red zone. I mean, we already struggle enough in the red zone. You can't put yourself behind the sticks farther. It's just that's the type of stuff that we need to cut out. I mean, I love the Josh Young bloodshed. That doesn't bother me at all.
0: Yeah, he honestly, if he's taking a kickback uh, for a touchdown, I'll I'll take the fifteen yards and just deal with it.
1: Yeah, it was like a literally the quickest little dance too. I don't know. Oh, I think that's crazy. It was like
0: two moves. Like it, it truly is insane that I mean, he got. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, just look at some of the other stuff. I don't know. I that, that was frustrating to me. Um let the yeah, kids have
1: on I agree. It's stupid. Um, so let's talk about the offense starting with Skylar Thompson, who is now in elite company with Michael Bishop, L. Robeson, and Colin Klein to have 1,000-plus rushing yards and 4,000-plus passing yards in his career, and he's only a junior. Um, in your mind, where does he stack up against those other quarterbacks?
0: I think he's behind all four of them. I mean, Bishop and Klein – Led these teams to, like, number one BCS rankings, both of them, uh, Heisman finalists. Um, Roberson wins the Big 12, one of the most electric athletes to play back there. Um, so he's behind all four of those. But, I mean, it really does put th- some things into perspective about uh, his, quote-unquote, dual threat abilities. I mean, he had that big uh, run to ice the game late, Um which, honestly, if, if we don't pick up that third and long, all of a sudden you're putting the ball back, and um, you know that's not great. And then he, he's able to throw with what everyone said coming into this season was the worst wide-receiving core in the Big 12. And while I think the individual pieces are better than maybe I expected, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to continue to say that they're probably still uh, if not the worst, near the bottom of a wide receiving core in the Big 12. And he's still doing that. And this is his first year where he's been the quote-unquote man. He had to split time all of last year. Um, he was having to go back and forth during his redshirt uh, freshman season after Jesse Ertz went down. Um, it just kind of makes you wonder if they would have committed to him instead of trying to bounce around with Alex Delton, what his career numbers might look like at the end of next year if he didn't almost waste two years of eligibility
1: i agree i mean i think he's a better passer when you just break it down a little bit he's a better passer than l easily he's probably a more pure passer than klein he's obviously not a better runner than any any of those guys but he's a good runner um and when you think about the weapons that those quarterbacks had to work with i mean i personally think he's elevating the team I, i I mean, do you think Skyler is underrated by K-State fans? Because I continue to see that.
0: Yeah, and I think I think part of that has to do with living in the social media age um, and just the overall uh, level of the entire team. I think if you put L. Roberson, um, like it, the 2001 season with L. Roberson when he was playing, if you have social media around that, I'm sure there'd be some good old L. takes. Yeah. Um, and then you put Colin Klein and... Uh, Michael Bishop surrounded by probably collectively four of the six to seven most talented K-State teams of all time um, that is going to mask any of their uh, you know just yeah. mask some of their issues so if you put Skyler in some of those teams I mean I mean, I, here, here's the better question for you if you put Skyler on say the 11 and 12 team and then the 2002 2003 team and then the 97 98 teams how different are those records and if you put those quarterbacks with this team how different are the records i i mean even if you put bishop or klein or robeson on these teams i mean are you better than maybe one game maybe maybe two
1: yeah i don't know i mean it's it's interesting to think about putting him on the Klein team because Klein was such a big part of that team and his ability to run the football. So but I mean when you if you gave him, you know, Skylar that eleven and twelve offensive line and you know, those running backs to work with and him, Tyler particularly Lockett, those receivers. I mean Tyler Lockett Tremaine Thompson, who wasn't even, you know, our best receiver at the time. That just shows Chris you Harper. Yeah. Chris it, Harper was probably the go to guy. if he had those guys to work with on this team, I mean, I think I think we'd probably have two more wins. I don't know. I mean, we would be a much more difficult offense to deal with. Um, but it's interesting. I, I mean, I personally think he's underrated by K State fans. We might overrate him a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, I
0: think you. I think you and I maybe like John Kurtz. Uh, we might <laughs> over. We might overcorrect for him, and I. I acknowledge that. But I mean, the the quarterback everyone likes to talk about, Jonathan Beasley, being underrated. Um, here's, the, here's the question right now. Going into next year, Skyler's senior season with this team, would you prefer Jonathan Beasley or Skyler Thompson?
1: Probably Skyler, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I know. I mean,
0: one, it's not a hesitation for me.
1: Yeah, I, I'd i probably go with Skyler. And but... it, it,
0: here's the other one, f- final one before we move on to this. Jake Waters' senior year. With this roster that we have, are you taking Jake Waters or Skyler Thompson? Because here's the thing. Jake, he could get out and run and all that type of stuff. But I, I don't know.
1: Uh, Every time Jake ran, I felt very uncomfortable. Yeah, it, <laughs> um, Jake is another guy that's incredibly underrated, especially I, by me personally. I one hundred percent.
0: Well, I underrate him because I was a Sam's guy one hundred percent.
1: It's that's probably I, like true that, as well. That
0: is one hundred percent the reason why, and I acknowledge I, I underrate uh, Jake. And also, I'll, I'll just say this before we move on. I really would have liked to see Jesse get. Two seasons worth of truly being able to play relatively healthy. Right. I mean, because we only got, got to scratch the surface of Jesse Yertz. So,
1: yeah, that's uh, true. Um, so Skyler put up 14 of 28, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, what did you make of that interception? It wasn't too costly. Um, I didn't love it though with way with the, with the way that ankle was playing. Um, he kind of just threw a toss up and it, what's, what if I recall correctly was basically double coverage but oh, single uh, coverage from, from your perspective what did you make of that
0: yeah it was I, it was single coverage unless I was missing a safety
1: I think there was a safety over there but uh now that I think about it I mean I would consider it single coverage. yeah
0: so um like looking back on it it wasn't a massive deal to me because uh Texas cornerbacks were just mugging our wide receivers all game so you have yeah. a chance of picking up a uh Picking up a pass interference call. Um, I don't like, if you're going to do that, I don't like going to Weber. Um, You know, he he doesn't have the speed. He definitely doesn't have the size. Um, So if you're going to do that, I I would like to take my chances with, uh, at that point, Knowles was out with an injury, but with Youngblood or Sebastian Taylor, um, I I would like to see that. But it's not a big deal. Um, You don't like it. It kind of gave them a little bit more life. Um, but I don't hate it. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, if you get a chance to let Engdahl punt it, you, you want to do that. But it's
1: it was I'm essentially torn. a punt. I mean, in it that was it point. Was. But yeah, I mean, Engdahl was dropping absolute bombs and definitely would have been better field position. But um, he had seven carries for 14 yards. One of those was a sack, and um, and
0: then three kneel yeah, downs of, at the end as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that definitely takes into account only 14 yards because he did kind of ice the game with that late that late run. So um, pretty good day from Skyler. I don't really have many complaints. Yeah. The sack was pretty funny. I mean <laughs> – Yeah, the sack was bad. I... He had awful pocket presence. I think he could have taken off and run a couple of times, and then he just kind of got himself lost and just ran right into the easiest sack of all time. Yeah,
0: that – the. the... The sack was bad. Uh, there are a couple times I, I think he missed Gill on one, but then I, I he he his receivers kind of hurt him a little bit with some uh, possible touchdown drops. But again, I think that's just part of part of the game. And uh, I think sometimes, especially on those rollouts, uh, he threw the very first one of the game to Jacksonine. Every time because they ran that play like three or four times, I think. Uh, every time he decided he was going to try to make the tougher throw instead of dumping it off uh, low, so I, I guess if you want to nitpick some of that t- type of stuff, uh, we could do that. But hey, we're a Skyler Thompson stand podcast, so why would we start doing that type of shit now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought you had a good day. You know, not not anything really horrible to to pick out that that bothered me. Fifty um, percent two picks in, a, in an interception, and we've already talked about the interception, but. You know, he had two touchdown passes that probably should have been caught, and that would have made his day look a lot better. So it is what it is. So let's talk about the offensive line. Once again, I think this is just I think this is where we're at. Um, they gave up one sack, six tackles for lost. Again, we were really struggling to establish the run. It wasn't as bad as I remember. Uh, 37 rushing attempts for 126 yards. 3.4 yards per rush. I mean, that's not good. Um, it felt like a fairly weak performance, but we did have a couple of guys perform decently well, like James Gilbert.
0: Yeah. Um, the offensive line, I think again, uh, some of those penalties that you don't want to see with a bunch of seniors. Um, and, and I, I think, I think he said it right. I think this is just who they were. I think at their peak, there were some games this year that all five guys overachieved to their talent. Um, and when that doesn't happen, I think this is just the game you get. You'll you'll get a an occasional run, but if even like one of, one of the biggest runs of the game, the James Gilbert one, I mean, he just got out of a bunch of tackles, and the best block was right. by Skylar Thompson on that run. Um, yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, this just is who they are. Um, and then if you want to kind of look for optimism, you got to hope that. Uh, josh rivas who played half the snaps i think he split them evenly with curl and then four other guys who either would have been recruited for this system or would have had an entire you know two year a year and a half worth of practice for the system that it improves but again if you start looking forward to next year uh, that's where the biggest question mark is going to be all offseason.
1: Yeah, it's going to be scary. I thought they gave enough um protection to Skylar throughout the night, but again, it it did kind of feel like more often than not, you know, he was trying to keep the play alive leaving the pocket. Is that a to me from my perspective, I think half of that, I mean, that's just plain coverage and not being able to get guys open um because it seemed like, you know, he had Enough time, obviously, to make the plays. But is that just what Skylar does? He leaves the pocket a little too early. What are you seeing from this?
0: Yeah, I think part of it is uh, that sometimes that they just aren't open. I think sometimes it is kind of Skylar feeling ghosts. Like he's had to be on the run all season long, so there's going to be some of those times where, hey, through the first three four seconds, he's like, all right, nothing's there. I need to start moving. That hey, maybe like some of these times. he doesn't have to move but he's so accustomed to it um that he just runs into it and then we saw it that you know he yeah. starts feeling that pressure he'll run into a sack and again he's not a perfect quarterback um so, and then i think probably on some of those plays i am more likely just for my own biases to point at the offensive line instead of pointing at skylar on some of those but yeah um, but but again i think i think that um Yesterday, especially in pass protection, they did the job they needed to do more often than they did.
1: Yeah. Um what's your confidence level on the O line? And we've got two remaining games, you know, Iowa State and a bowl game. We both we both pretty much said it I think this is what our offensive line is. There's no there's not gonna be a game left where we're going into this game saying we will probably be able to establish the run. We haven't been able to do that since KU. Um, I don't think we'll be able to do it next week or in the bowl game. So I am expecting two you know two more difficult games, two more difficult performances in in, in games where you know we it's going to come down to it. What what are your thoughts? Because for me, it, it all really just a, everything about this offense clearly stems from the offensive line and how they perform. I don't feel super confident going forward ending nope, the year
0: nope I, uh, you're exactly right Iowa State not great at stopping the run but they were able to uh you know shut down ku ku had to move the ball through the air granted ku sucks and so does iowa state but um i think we've seen uh enough to say that hey whether it's something about going against three down linemen which iowa state does or uh the offense one just isn't quite talented enough unless they're all overachieving on the same day to really dominate a game. It's not going to happen versus Iowa State. I don't think it's going to happen versus the bowl game uh, or in the bowl game. Uh, does that mean we can't, we won't win either of those? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I do think that it's going to probably have to be um, some big plays or some moderate plays in the passing game that is going to lead us uh, to victory in those two games if we're going to win.
1: We're gonna have to win ugly. Just don't tell that to Chris Klein. No,
0: he hated. Oh man, he, he laughed. I,
1: he yeah, that's funny. Why? Well, um,
0: yeah, he no. laughed, but I think he kind of caught himself, like because he has awareness. Like he, I don't think he's going to ever grill a media member. Um, so that's why he started laughing. But I think he wanted to jump, uh, said reporters down his throat when he said that. So, but I laughed. Yeah. I got entertainment out of it, so keep doing you, Coach Bowman.
1: Yeah, I love him. Uh, Let's talk about the running backs. Pretty okay day. Um, Not great, but again, a lot of that stems from the offensive line. James Gilbert, our best performer on the day, 12 carries, 61 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. That's good. That's serviceable. I mean, if we can get a back that can average 5.1 yards in any game, I will take that. Um, You're right, though. A lot of that, or at least a large portion of that, kind of came from a weird broken play where he kind of switched field and got his best block from Skylar Thompson so overall not a great day for the running backs yeah it
0: it, it wasn't amazing um yeah 22 yards of that uh, of the 61 came on that uh that big run that he had that came close to icing the game or i think that might have actually iced the game um but yeah it it's not great. Uh, he he definitely doesn't look 100%. I mean, you and I sat here on this podcast yep. and through the first four weeks of the season talked about how, hey, the first time you touch him, he's still going to drag you for three more yards. granted versus lesser opposition. But that's just not there anymore. Um, and you can't expect that to. At the end of the day, he's a 22-year-old college student uh, who has taken lots of hits Uh, in his four years playing college football. I mean, he truly was the bell cow uh, at Ball State before he came over. So his body's taking a lot of hits. I I can't blame him for that. It just kind of accentuates uh, the need that moving forward over the next three, four years that this team is going to have to really focus on having multiple high-quality running backs uh, because this stuff's going to happen. And we've seen how – Uh, valuable guy who can pick up an extra three yards after contact can be
1: yeah um jordan brown not a great day nine carries for 12 yards but like a lot of his runs he was pretty much met at the line of scrimmage and i mean yeah you just said it perfectly both of these guys looks quite banged up to me um so i really don't know how to take into account uh their lack of, you know, rushing yards with this line of scrimmage and the injuries that they just have clearly stacked up. Um, no Joe Irvin, so it looks like we've pretty much decided to redshirt him. That's how I will take that.
0: Yeah, I I think that's probably what's going to happen. I, I want to circle back real quick to Jordan Brown. He did have two big catch, well, one big catch for 21 yards. Yeah, got another catch. There are a couple times where I really thought that if he would have. Uh, A little bit more aware, maybe a a better, slightly better pass or something. I thought that there was potential for a couple more bigger uh, receptions from him, and it just didn't work out. Um, I I think looking back at his time at K State, I think it's a shame that we waited until basically like what the Texas game to start was. Well, no, he wasn't even he wasn't even active in the Texas game. It took us until the West Virginia game to really start going all in on throwing him the ball um i think that if a he could have saved healthy and b we might have exploited that to a larger extent earlier in the season that would have been nice because i think he was targeted two or three more times outside of his two catches
1: yeah i agree i mean i think it's such a dangerous weapon to have um throwing to the running back out of the backfield so i hope that we you know whether it be jordan brown or whoever we have in the backfield i think harry charter would honestly be pretty good in that regard um I hope we do it more. Um, Malik Knowles three carries for forty four yards. He's like a sneaky good runner. It's weird. He's very patient, um, and he's very good at finding seams. And so I, because he had no catches yesterday, so I'm glad that we found ways to get him the ball.
0: Yeah, it is crazy to see that he didn't catch the ball, but when he on, on that big run that he had, um, because it looked yeah, because he had well, no both. He had two bigger runs, but he sees a seam, and then he just takes off and runs, which is why, like, if you didn't have young blood, I mean, that's, like, the perfect sort of trait you want for a kick returner. Once you see a seam, just take off and run. Um, That's what he was doing. That's how he was picking up his yards, and that's what you like to see. Uh, I really hope his injury isn't serious. I haven't heard anything. I'm hoping it was, like, a mini shoulder dislocation, but some folks were trying to say uh, collarbone. Well, someone said collarbone, which would be really bad. Um,
1: Yeah, that would be it for him. Um, I hope
0: that's not the case, but I agree. I'm glad they were creative in getting him the ball.
1: um, Youngblood, three carries for five yards. Um, Fullbacks, no carries, but hey, Jax did get to smash somebody in the open field after a little boot pass.
0: Yeah, 10-yard pickup, and like I said earlier, I think he was open on a lot of those boots – um, which I would have I would have liked to see um, him get it a little more because again I'm I'm his biggest fan, but uh, it, it was nice to see him out there and he had more carries than or more snaps than Barda but again I think both of them kind of got back on the right track after having a couple games where they had some high profile whiffs. Um, I thought that they were very both of them were very solid when they were down there. on the
1: I would agree with you. Let's move on to the receivers and tight ends. I thought it was a pretty well-rounded day from the wide receiver unit. Again, Skylar hit seven different targets. Um, that's just a good sign, I mean, for both Skyler and the wide receivers.
0: Yeah, he hit seven different guys, and all seven of them had a long of at least ten or more.
1: Yeah, and that's something that this offense has badly struggled with, getting plays that are somewhat explosive. So good thing hopefully we can build on. And then for our next two games, Malik Knowles already said he had no no catches yesterday. Um, Dalton shown two receptions for 27 yards. Dropped a touchdown pass, but he got destroyed. Um, and I think Skyler kind of set him up for failure. You'd like to, for him to h- hang on to that, but, I mean, who am I to say that he should have caught it?
0: Yeah, you don't like seeing dropped, drops, especially in the end zone. But at the end of the day, the dude just got demolished. I, I think the wind is probably still knocked out of him after that, but... Um, I don't hold it against him. You want to make that catch, but, um, y- you know, he's getting just drilled by a 200-pound safety coming on full speed. Um, you know, again, not going to hold it against him.
1: Joaquin Gill had something similar, though. He had a great day, two reception for 70 yards, um, but it was slightly tainted by a bad, bad touchdown drop. Those are the ones that really bug you. How disappointing was that for you?
0: Uh, it's, it, it was disappointing. Um, he didn't have to deal with anyone he had his guy beat. Uh, just, you know, kind of went through his hands. Uh, you don't like seeing it. Uh, it that could have honestly really iced the game. If you go in at yeah. halftime, uh, at that point it would have been, what, 13-3? Uh, to three? Uh, Yeah, 13-3. to three. Um, And then you get the ball back. Uh, it's just – it, yeah, it I don't sucks. think
1: that Tech is a team that's going to really believe that they're going to be able to build themselves out of that hole. Um, it's frustrating, especially, you know, when Skyler puts it right in your bread basket and you have a good yard, yard and a half of separation. Um, I mean, you got to be making those plays, but I think, frankly, that's just kind of what do is. <laughs> he's going to make some big plays one day, and then he's going to you know he's going to make some bad plays well, the next,
0: and he and he made a big play on his catch and
1: run, right, to yeah. get
0: most of his yards. So uh, it doesn't taint it for me. Again, it's one of those that you really wish you would have had, and especially knowing that you could have gone up ten oh, at halftime and get the ball back when you come through, um, it's rough. But again, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think he I think he's outperformed my expectations for the year. Um,
1: Certainly. Yeah. Phillip, Phillip Brooks, two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, I believe. Is that his first touchdown of his career?
0: I think so, and he made a nifty little move made to get a guy in the missed, end zone. Yeah. And, I, and I I stood up and just fist pumped really hard after that one, and I think that's when the uh, red foam ball came my way.
1: I feel – he really reminds me of Tremaine Thompson. I feel like when I look at him on the field and when I watch him run – he just reminds me of Tremaine. I hope he can be as as good as Tremaine someday.
0: I mean, um, he has guys. he has three years to get up to that. I don't. I think. Uh, I think with Youngblood and Malik Knowles still around, I I don't know if he'll get the opportunities to really uh, to to make the plays in the special teams. Um, although he is still back there for punts, and, yeah. and he got hurt as well, but he came back, but fielded punts and called fair catches on those punts. Uh, after his injury, we did not see him come back and play on offense. So, again, uh, it, it, a lot of injuries that game, and I think that kind of happens when you play Texas Tech. I think their players hit hard on defense, and then you're running you know 100 plays on defense.
1: Yeah, so you're definitely more exposed. Um, that's going to do it for the offense. Let's transition to the defense. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you about our defensive sponsor. Kansas City Direct Primary Care, um, it's a primary care clinic that does not accept insurance, but rather charges a flat monthly fee. Uh, they do it costs low for the costs low for the patient by cutting out the middleman. For most patients, that fee is sixty five bucks a month, but there are, are other options, including a family plan. Um, you know that fee includes no copays. Um, it includes deeply discounted you know labs, imaging, medications. Uh, labs typically cost around ten bucks each x rays cost about fifty bucks each meds are usually ninety percent off retail, which is a ridiculous deal something that people should be taking advantage of um The best part of this deal is the availability and the access visits are available same day or next day, and they range from about thirty minutes to an hour, which is pretty <laughs> uncommon um these days with you know how doctors kind of have to get patients in and out so Patients get the physician's email, and they can contact them 24-7 if needed, which is also a pretty great perk. Um, be sure to visit Dr. Short, who is a big K-State guy, and he's a board-certified family medicine physician. Um, check him out. They're down in Westport. You can check out their website, City um, KansasCityDirectPrimaryCare.com. Um, the link will be in the description of the episode. Go check out Dr. Short. Um, let's talk about defense.
0: Yep. Um uh- Dude, really, I... Really,
1: really good first half? I was just
0: about to say, how surprised were Like, if you would have said, hey, you're holding Texas Tech to uh, only three points in the first half, uh, I, I would take that so hard that I'd probably sprain my ankle.
1: I mean, it was really, like, for a while there, almost a carbon copy of last year's game. Like, it was 6-3 six, six, at half, um, really low scoring, kind of a defensive struggle both ways. Um, we had a little more offensive success, but yeah great first half didn't let tech do a damn thing and this man we were just i'm worried about our defense they're really really banged up seemed like every other play somebody was on the ground
0: yeah i'm i'm gonna definitely be tuned into K online and all the different media outlets early on this season or early on in the week to try to get more updates you're hoping nothing is too serious but you don't see walter neal come back in um I think you saw different points. Almost every linebacker seemed to go down. I think defensive linemen were going down. Again, I think that's a byproduct for most of them of just playing Texas Tech and how fast they go and the inability to substitute as much as you want. But, man, um, going up against Iowa State next week, I mean, they like to air it out. Um, if If you don't have Walter Neal, I mean, I think we'll talk about the, you know, secondary later, but just going into a game like that without a full stable in your secondary uh, is not nice.
1: Yeah, that's that's a scary, scary matchup. Um, tackling hurt us a bit in big moments, um, but overall I thought it was better. Um, I think we had, what was his name? What was their Thompson? I don't, can't think of his first name. They're running back. We kind of had him bottled up and then let him get free for one of his touchdowns on third and goal but you know my real gripes i guess in in terms of tackling is kind of the same story we've been talking about uh, letting quarterbacks get out of that collapsed pocket and kind of punish you other than that i thought it was better
0: yeah i agree with you um again playing jet duffy he i mean that's that's just the type of quarterback he is Mm -hmm. um It sucks because, I mean, you're going to see that all over college football. Um, Most guys you're playing are not going to be statues back there. Um, But I think he has, you know, exceptional uh, running talent. But I think for better or worse, we were able to, we only got burnt when he was doing that out of a passing play. I think that we contained him when it almost looked like design quarterback runs. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm I'm just being, maybe I'm giving the front seven a little too much credit there, but I thought that, you know, I thought that when he made his big plays, it truly was just kind of, hey, secondary did its job, and we couldn't, couldn't tackle him, and then he just found a way. I think he's just a talented quarterback. They got two good quarterbacks, um, but my guess is with how fragile their uh, other quarterback is who was in almost every single video package on their video board um I, I have a feeling that Duffy's going to play uh you know next year quite a bit as well
1: yeah he's i mean he's just a good runner he's fast um he
0: has a he good arm yeah i mean
1: he's, he's got a bullet like he it's like he's fastball five yard five yard reception he's throwing as hard as he possibly can um let's see here fourth down woes we kind of touched on those two or three fourth downs gave up a bad touchdown which kind of would have iced the game i think but third down officially still remains very good currently fourth in the nation um i think scotty hazelton you know his first year is coming to a close i'm very pleased with him I, he's done a great job he's i think um yeah i mean i think he's done a great job i was disappointed losing blake Siler because i thought you know he's one of the better up-and-coming defensive coordinators. that we performed pretty well last year defensively, um, but I wouldn't trade him. Scotty Hazelson, I think, is a top defensive coach.
0: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't trade him. Um, I'm happy with how the defense performs, and I think that's the uh, fear going into this offseason, uh, if you're looking at the coaching staff, is, all right, is a bigger you know program going to come in and try to get him as defensive coordinator? And maybe has he done enough? Does he have the pedigree that maybe a smaller G5 school might actually make a run at him to be their head coach? I think it's probably still a little early for both of those things. But we will have an eye on some of the assistant coaching searches um, because I do think that he might be a name that pops up at some of these bigger schools that are going to be retooling their staff.
1: Agree, I mean. I, I I'm going to be worried about losing Scotty Hazelton all the time at this point. So um, defensive line generally, in my opinion, not a crazy day for the D line. Hubert is an absolute beast. Um, pretty standard performance from the other guys for me.
0: Yeah. I, I thought, you know, there, there were some times in the game where Hubert just decided to go into third gear and take it over. Um, uh, you, you kind of hope that and, and I think out of every position in football, at any level defensive line is the toughest to truly go balls to the walls every single play and maybe that is why they rotate so much despite me sometimes uh not being a fan of it but you there's sometimes when you're just looking out there you're like wait where where's Wyatt like why isn't he out there and then sometimes like he'll start the game maybe a little quiet Casey looked at me and said hey where's Where's he where I was like, well, they rotate a bunch, all this type of stuff, and then a couple plays later, he's like back in the backfield and almost making a, a sack. So that that guy has elite talent. We're going to see him for a few more years, um, and I and I think hopefully, uh, you know, next year I, I I would hope to see his snap count maybe go up a little bit. But again, I'm being nitpicky. Um, I I don't have many complaints with the defense. So if this is what it takes, the rotation. Um, and not having him out there for 85, 90% of the snaps, then so be it. I'm just kind of selfish because when he's on, when he's feeling it, um, you know, he, he really is one of the best defensive linemen in the Big 12.
1: I agree. Um, Trade Deshaun, no tackles. I thought he was actually pretty good um, in terms of being disruptive, especially in the passing game. Um, but no tackles for him yesterday. Kyle Ball, three tackles, two solo. Uh MIDI three tackles, one solo, and Reggie Walker just one tackle. Again, I thought it was a pretty good game overall from the D line. They got the job done. Um let Duffy get away a few times, but you know, he's really fast and that's what that's kind of what he does. So
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think on most plays, again, you, you were seeing them uh hold a stalemate or getting into the backfield. Um and I, I think Trey Deshaun might have had like one or two pass breakups. Um I, I I really thought that he really did disrupt the passing game up the middle, which is what you want to see from your defensive tackles in the modern age of college football, is you know, on those quick passing patterns over the middle, make the quarterback think twice about it.
1: Yes. Um I think the best core uh the best unit of the day yesterday defensively was the linebackers. Um Patton specifically and Solon were everywhere. Patton had ten tackles, two solo, and an interception. Um Eli Sullivan nine tackles seven solo um I love him I think he's our best linebacker but I've been pleased very pleased with how Patton has progressed from from last year
0: yeah Patton's like almost become like this sneaky little ninja on some of these uh you know pass plays where he's showing blitz and then he so quickly gets back into his zone coverage that's the second time where I feel like a Quarterback has just kind of not picked up that he dropped back into coverage and just uh, hit him right, right, right in the chest with the ball. That that might be taking some of the uh, the feet of his interception away. But I I'm so pleased to have seen him come around uh, this season, and I truly love seeing the linebackers play. You have it in here, Cody Fletcher. Again, played quite a bit. He literally murdered a dude. Yeah,
1: that he was, killed a dude on a play. Murder. He had three solo tackles. He's he looks. Pretty decent.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm very pleased with our linebackers. Our guy Daniel Green got three tackles, uh, a little banged up like everyone. But again, this is a unit that I think has a very bright future with Justin Hughes uh, coming back next year and three out of the four contributors coming next year. Um, I'm gonna throw a curveball yeah. in here because uh, you know I have FOMO of not writing the outline, but I have a question for you next year do you think K-State might have the best linebacking core in the Big 12?
1: Maybe. I don't know if we quite have the speed at linebacker still. Um, Justin Hughes, especially coming – I'm, I'm worried about, you know, how he recovers, and I know he's been out forever, but that's the biggest question when you, you know, do your, your ACL like is um, is you're going to lose a step of speed um, typically, but – Maybe it'll be different. Um, if he can be as good as Patton, then I think, you know, I think Sullivan is one of the better linebackers in the Big 12. Daniel Green has a lot of potential. Cody Flet- Fletcher, you know, we've seen a little bit more of him recently. So, um, I think he will have decent potential. And then we've got, you know, young guys coming in that I think will be good too. So it's possible. I'd have to look, I'd have to look at the other the other squads that we stack that's, up against that's but... too
0: responsible just be a blowhard and say yes by a mile that's what
1: that... i'm already a blowhard <laughs> too much. um sure i think it'll be top three and that's good enough to get us to arlington so hell yeah let's do it i like i love the personnel that we have i really do so it's something to definitely be excited for secondary is something i'm a little worried about though um this unit is hurting badly. Um, Depth is a huge concern. Um, no Walter Neal yesterday, which means we're now without at least what the staff would perceive as our two top corners, and it's two seniors, so you're losing a shitload of experience there, but also talent. How worried are you about this unit?
0: Uh, I mean, again, you only have two games. In the, in the uh, grand scheme of things, you know – What's what's yeah. the difference between seven and five, eight and four? If you take out who you're playing, not a big thing, uh, but you don't you don't like going into any game without having a full deck. That's just you know that's just not ideal. Um, it I am a little pleased though because now we're seeing some Lance Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. He he was so good in the four games he played last year. Again, one of those situations where you think to yourself, well, why isn't this guy playing more? Why did we wait this long to start playing him? Um, so yeah, I, that
1: is a good question, actually. Um, and obviously we we don't know what the coaches see every single day. Um, but yeah, that is a good question, and he's our hand is going to be forced at this point. Um, he played well yesterday, three tackles, but – I think Did what stood big, out to me was just great great position. He was always in good position um on the receiver and he made it difficult every time um getting himself in there. So that that does does give me a little bit of pause going forward, um and some positivity going forward. Um Kevion McGee had six tackles. Um he's a little dude. <laughs> He's very short and I'm scared for next week because I think Iowa State has like the tallest receivers in the conference.
0: Yeah, they I mean I think they're six two, six three, six four. I think uh I think they're all very, very tall. I mean he is five ten. I mean we have shorter defensive backs, which is the crazy yeah. thing.
1: God, he seems shorter than five ten, but I guess everyone's just bigger. You know, wide receivers are just big, so he probably looks a lot shorter. Um, Denzel Goosby had six six tackles all solo. A um, few times seemed out of position to me again, but he had a big interception in the end zone.
0: See, I I probably am at the disadvantage of being in the stadium and not getting a good view because we differ here. I thought that he had a very good game, um, but again, I, I, had, I just got home. I haven't had the chance to re-watch it, so... I'll have to trust you that he was out of position because I thought he had a good game. And that interception that he had was freaking massive.
1: It was huge. And, I mean, I was a little drunk watching this game. I actually went to a bar for once. So um, maybe I just had my booze glasses on. Uh, Jonathan Alexander had three tackles. Wayne Jones, I thought, played well. Seven tackles, six six solo. But, again, we touched on, I think, the, the biggest surprise for me, the biggest positive to take away is Lance Robinson.
0: Yeah, I think – I don't know if the staff sees him as a nickelback or corner moving forward. I just want to see him get on the field more. Again, with Kevion McGee and Daryl Patterson, the two guys who have gotten most of the reserve reps at cornerback leaving. Uh, You do get A.J. Parker back. You do get Walter Neal back next year. Those guys are – the Oklahoma guys are both juniors. Um, You're going to need someone to step up as that third cornerback. I think it's going to be, you know, Lance. And I, I mean, who knows, maybe he's going to push one of those guys for that starting spot, because I think he has the raw athletic ability. I think he, like you said, he's in position. Unlike some of the other guys, I feel like he gets his head turned around a lot quicker so he can make a play on the ball. If I have like one complaint about this entire season, it's that we haven't seen very much of him up until this point. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I trust the staff and I want them to do what's in the best, uh, you know, best you know, intentions for the interest. program. Yeah, interest for the program. But, I mean, this kid is a redshirt freshman. Um, I, I like Daryl Patterson. I like Keevee McGee. But are, are you telling me that he was really up until, you know, recently that much – Farther behind those guys uh, that it wouldn't have been worth investing those snaps into the freshman. I don't know if I was going to try to nitpick the staff. I mean, that might be it's a very exact example, but that might be something I point to. because I think Lance has the potential to be a really good cornerback for this team.
1: Yeah, but when you think about it, like he wasn't gonna beat out AJ Parker, he probably wasn't gonna play over uh, Walter Neal. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree. When I I would prefer to invest snaps um, with younger guys almost every time um, over experience. I mean, because that just leads, it just builds great depth and it builds great experience early on, which makes you a better player later. So I don't know. Again, we don't see what they see every day, so I do trust them. But hey, we're gonna see him going forward. So. I think we're going to get what we want.
0: Um, Yes, we
1: will. Special teams, pretty good day, I thought. Pretty great day, actually, when you think about it. Aside from Lynch missing that kick before uh, half, there's really nothing you can nitpick. Kicking off and kickoff coverage was good. Um, After the Youngblood penalty, obviously, they were going to have good field position. But you know Lynch was good outside of that miss, and our boy Ankle was absolutely back.
0: Yeah, I— Uh, I think McClellan put one of them out of bounds, which you don't like to see. It's not as big a deal since they moved the touchback to 25 versus 35.
1: Um, I don't remember that at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he did. Um, So you you don't like that. Um, But I agree with you. Coverage was good outside of the one they almost busted through. Uh, Lynch, eventually he was going to miss. I mean, there was like three articles written about how great he's been this season. So uh if you believe in jinxes or anything like that, you knew it was gonna happen. But a forty-five yarder, uh little bit of win, that's tough. Uh I, I'm not gonna hold that against him. He came up with some other big kicks, but you're right. Uh Ankle went back to
1: being elite. Um he, he I think that was his best game of the year. I really uh, did. Average average fifty one yards a punt. Um I mean he was I mean, he wasn't
0: in a situ- he was never in a situation where Uh, We were punting with a short field where we were trying to, you know, pin him inside the five, Mm -hmm. which he usually does very well. Um, So he literally that it was a showcase of how of his leg strength. It was just an exhibition of how far he could bomb the ball. And uh, he did great.
1: I agree. Um, Obviously, the return game was excellent. Um, Brooks. Very steady catching punts, no issues back there since you know early this season that was a concern for me at one point, but I fully trust him now. And of course, Joshua Youngblood, another big return that basically that won us the game. That was the difference.
0: I, I mean, I, I I have a hard time saying that was the difference. Texas Tech turnaround scored on the next drive, but it did. I mean, it, it got us a touchdown when it was looking like we were going to only be kicking field goals um down the stretch
1: um it gave us the separation that we absolutely needed um i didn't have the faith in our offense to do that so i mean maybe anytime, yeah, I'm, I'm probably you
0: know, i'm probably nit-picking because they turned around and scored 2 minutes later but it was an electric play and it was a play that was needed 100% no doubt
1: um, it was a really good return i didn't think he was going to take it back i thought he kind of like trapped himself uh, yes, <laughs> on the sideline yeah. and shout out to that blocker um ross edler uh, Yes, Ross Edler, who held his block for like 30 yards, seriously. But I thought for sure, you know, Youngblood was gonna be forced out of bounds or, you know, tackled, and I was I was worried. But somehow he stayed in because I thought he missed his chance to cut back, but I was wrong.
0: Yeah, that was the most impressive part about for him on that return was he did it. It looked like he did box himself in, and lesser returners would have just been like, all right, it was a 40 yard return, this is good enough, and step out, but. The kid wants to hit a home run every time he takes off. Um, And, you know, shout out to Ross because I was critical of him last week because he was the guy who batted the ball through the end zone and cost us, uh, you know, 19 yards of field position on the ankle punt versus West Virginia. I was very critical of him, but I want to turn around and say that, hey, that is something that you don't see almost anywhere else in college football. His commitment to that block and really just – just sticking with it. You don't you don't see that at any level of, of any football, high school, peewee, pros. No one holds their block that long, and especially in a day and age where almost every single good block on special teams, they're throwing a flag for holding or some something like that. The fact that he did that, he wasn't holding. That was elite. That's something that uh, if people go back and rewatch the game or rewatch the return, they I really want them to focus on because it was great. All in all, just a perfect return like it could not have been a more fun play to watch
1: i agree and that's basically going to wrap up our positions uh talk and it's going to take us to our keys to v and i'll start us off (laughs) my first key to v establish the run uh we didn't really do that at all uh 134 yards rushing total 3.4 yards per carry another day another day where you know we we really struggled to establish anything at the line of scrimmage um we had a little bit of success that I think was just enough, So, but I'm going to give it a C-, minus. not a good day, um, almost a failing grade for me.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to give it a passing grade. I'm going to go with a D. Um, if you look at the rushing yards, you had 126 rushing yards. Uh, Gilbert had one of 22 yards. Malik Knowles, 23 yards. Skylar Thompson, 17 yards. You throw all that together, I think that is right at, if not, uh, half of the rushing yards on the game on th- just three carries. Um, that's not establishing the run. Uh, that's a D. You got some big runs when you needed it, but to, to the to the you know to the key to that statement, it can't be passing. All right, number two. Yeah, another one that can't be passing was mine. It was one of my favorite ones, scoring touchdowns in the red zone and getting points when you're in the extended red zone. Um, You just didn't do that. That's an F. I don't have it pulled up, Um, but I know for a fact, extended red zone, you missed uh, the field goal. Then there was at least three field goals inside the red zone. Um, And I think maybe one touchdown was truly in the red zone, but maybe not. I think that might have even been a – Uh, all of the touchdowns might have been outside of the red zone. So uh, I'm giving it an F, just straight up.
1: Straight up. Um, Third key to V, cut penalties. Um, I can't really give this a good grade either. Um, (laughs) Joshua Youngblood, silly penalty after touchdown. I don't blame him for that. I think that was a weak-ass penalty. Refs are stupid. Um, I think what we touched on this, obviously, what bothers me more are the, the offensive line, doing stupid things in the red zone that we absolutely can't afford to do. Nine penalties for 72 yards. It's not great. It's going to get a D from me. It's a failing grade. But, again, I think this is a stupid key to be anyway. So if you want to make fun of me for that, that's fine.
0: No, I'm not going to make fun of you. Uh, it's It was your key. I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a D as well. Uh, mine was – the final one was continue the great third down defense. Um, you know, I'm – It's funny, none of these really got great, uh, none of these got great scores. I'm giving it a C minus, or no, I'll give it a C plus, because you did give up those big plays on fourth down, uh, while I tried in a third down touchdown, um, while I tried, while I said, hey, I kind of give those fourth down plays a little bit of a pass, at the end of the day, those were massive plays, uh, that if you stop, I mean, it could change the game, um. Or give us a more comfortable win, so I I can't in good conscience give it any more than a C or C plus. What do you give that?
1: Honestly, I'll, I'll I mean five for what thirteen? That's a good number. Um, I I'm gonna give it a B minus. I think our third down D was good yesterday. Obviously, we were frustrating them, getting them out of their comfort zone, frustrating them enough to that for they felt like we have to fucking fake punt twice. Um, so I'll give it a B minus. I, not as bad as. As you're saying, but pretty much, pretty much on par with how we've done. That's, Slightly worse, but about about the same. That's
0: crazy how low the the keys to V scores were, and we still won a game and probably should have won a no, bit more.
1: It's crazy. I know. We honestly could have kicked their ass, but that's going to take us to our game balls. Obviously, for those who are new, we gave away two game balls. Uh, not two game balls. We give away
0: yeah, four total. Three game.
1: No. Three right. No, two. Offensive – oh, swag stickers, right. So you're right. So we usually give away two game balls and then a swag sticker, offensive and defensive, or sometimes we get real creative. Um, so my first game ball – sorry, buddy. I'm taking it. <laughs> Skylar Thompson, um, he's going in the top. I mean, like we talked about him earlier, elite company, 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards. Um, I think he elevates our team. I think he elevates this roster to another level, um, and I think he's he's really good. So giving it to, to Skylar.
0: Yeah, mine's gonna go to Sebastian Taylor. I feel like we didn't talk oh, about yeah. him at all with the wide receivers. I mean, he had a massive touchdown. Uh, he had his best game, uh, you know, of his career. Three catches, uh, over seventy yards, uh, seventy-four yards. Uh, got a touchdown. He, I mean, we threw the ball to him two times. I think on some of their pass interference uh, penalties. Just had a great game, and I think that's the game that we all. I've uh, daydreamed about him having since uh, that spring game, like crazy catch. I think back in like yeah. 2017. So, Trebastian Taylor is getting my game ball.
1: Good shout! I forgot about Trebastian. He had a he had a big day. And I'll give an honorable mention to uh, Philip Brooks for his first for his first touchdown. But my game ball to. Um, defensive, has gotta be to Daquan Patton. Ten total tackles, an interception, and he got banged up in the process. Um can't say enough good things about Daquan Patton. I had some serious question marks about him going into the season. Um I thought he was a decent linebacker, but I was I had higher hopes for him and I think he's taking huge strides.
0: Yeah, I think uh I I'm going back and forth on a couple of these, but I'm I think I'm gonna go with Elijah Sullivan, again, uh, just a madman. He Of his nine tackles, seven of them were solo. He had one tackle for a loss. Um, and I think it's almost kind of a uh, season accomplishment game ball from me because he truly has been our best linebacker this year.
1: I'm going back and forth on a lot of these. Um, I had a swag sticker, but I'm going to give it to someone else. Um, I'm giving it to Lance Robinson. Um You know, redshirt freshman being thrown into a game on the road, and you know he performed. He had two pretty massive pass breakups, three tackles. Uh, Love to see that, and I I expect a pretty good future from him.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna give it to the guy you had it on there, um, Joshua Youngblood. Yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly, if if I would have known you were gonna do that, I I'm gonna give an honorable mention here in a second. I would have switched up my game ball, Um, but Joshua Youngblood. Um, true, like actual swagger, like in, yeah, literally. In, That's why I had to get in, to fr- his in front of the Texas Tech band doing the drumline dance. Um, so he he gets it. He is a swaggy dude. Uh, the guy I was gonna go with. So I guess it gets an official honorable mention is Denzel Goolsby. After that big interception where it looked like the game was iced. Uh, he he was John. well he was John with the the fans with the other players and then he had the sledgehammer uh, you know I, I, it's not branded as a turnover sledgehammer but they're handing Damn. that out the big one out on the sideline that J ball has um, and he was like just going to town on their fans and their students and he was taunting them <laughs> and he was like br- smashing it down and it w- it was nice uh, some tortillas were thrown at him but uh, he gets my honorable mention. They love tortillas.
1: Um, yeah, that's I think that's fair. Uh, that's going to wrap up our review show. Um, cats are seven four. Everyone happy. It's been a hell of a year so far, and I don't think we're done yet. Um, make sure you guys check out Blue Chew and Manscaped at Blue cho- Chew.com and Manscaped.com. Use promo code Capital Armchair for a free first shipment of Blue Chew. Just have to pay the shipping. And the same promo code Capital Armchair at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Also, of course, if you're sick, Go check out our friend Dr. Hazen, short at Kansas City Direct Primary Care. Reverse, Scott, you got to do the sign off here.
0: Well, I'm just gonna say I love you guys. Have anything
1: else to say? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. I,
0: I always tell the uh, listeners we love you guys, um, but I don't feel right saying. It. I think you still need to, you know, have the final word. Um, let the boneheads know where they can find you.
1: All right. You can find where he can find me uh i guess you can find me at grant underscore ksu they
0: meet you at the cat head is kind of what i was oh they're meeting you that's where they find you that's a good point well guys you need to find me
1: meet me at the cat head
0: We'll Podcast Network.